Chapter Two: The Sons of Jacob, Part Three, of the Legends of the Jews, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Legends of the Jews, Volume Two, by Rabbi Louis Ginsburg. Dan's Confession. When Dan assembled his family at the last of his life, he spake. I confess before you this day, my children, that I had resolved to kill Joseph, that good and upright man, and I rejoiced over his sale, for his father loved him more than he loved the rest of us. The spirit of envy and boastfulness goaded me on, saying, Thou too art the son of Jacob, and one of the spirits of Behar stirred me up, saying, Take this sword, and slay Joseph, for once he is dead thy father will love thee. It was the spirit of anger that was seeking to persuade me to crush Joseph, as a leopard crunches a kid between its teeth. But the God of our father Jacob did not deliver him into my hand, to let me find him alone, and he did not permit me to execute this impious deed, that two tribes in Israel might not be destroyed. And now, my children, I am about to die, and I tell you unto you in truth, if you take not heed against the spirit of lies and anger, and if ye love not truth and generosity, you will perish." The spirit of anger casts the net of error around its victim, and it blinds his eyes, and the spirit of lies warps his mind, and clouds his vision. Evil is anger, it is the grave of the soul. Desist from anger and hate lies, that the Lord may dwell among you, and Behar flee from your presence. Speak the truth unto each his neighbor, and you will not fall into anger and trouble, but you will be at peace, and the Lord of peace you will have with you, and no war will vanquish you. I speak thus, for I know that in the latter days you will fall off from God, and you will kindle the wrath of Levi, and rise in rebellion against Judah, but you will not accomplish aught against them, for the angel of the Lord is their guide, and Israel will perish through them. And if you turn recreant to the Lord, you will execute every kind of evil thing, and do the abominations of the heathens, committing unchastity with the wives of the godless, while the tempter spirits are at work among you. Therefore you will be carried away into captivity, and in the lands of exile you will suffer all the plagues of Egypt and all the tribulations of the heathen. But when you return to the Lord, you will find mercy. He will take you into his sanctuary, and grant you peace. And now, my children, fear the Lord, and be on your guard against Satan and his spirits. Keep aloof from every evil deed, cast anger away from you and every sort of lie, love truth and forbearance, and what ye have heard from your father tell unto your children. Avoid all manner of unrighteousness, cling to the integrity of the law of the Lord, and bury me near my fathers. Having spoken these words, he kissed his children, and fell asleep. The Legends of the Jews, Volume 2, by Rabbi Louis Ginsburg Naphtali's Dreams of the Division of the Tribes In the hundred and thirty-second year of his life, Naphtali invited all his children to a banquet. The next morning, when he awoke, he told them that he was dying, but they would not believe him. He, however, praised the Lord, and assured them again that his death was due after the banquet of the day before. Then he addressed his last words to his children. I was born of Bilhah, and because Rachel had acted with cunning, and had given Jacob Bilhah instead of herself, I was called Naphtali. Rachel loved me, for I was born upon her knees, and while I was still very young, she was in the habit of kissing me and saying, Oh, that I had a brother unto thee from mine own body, one in thine image. Therefore Joseph resembled me in all respects, in accordance with Rachel's prayer. 
My mother, Bilhah, was a daughter of Rotheus, a brother of Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, and she was born the same day as Rachel. As for Rotheus, he was of the family of Abraham, a Chaldean, God-fearing, and a free man of noble birth, and when he was taken captive, he was bought by Laban and married to his slave Anya. She bore Rotheus a daughter, and he called her Zilpah, after the name of the village in which he was taken captive. His second daughter he called Bilhah, saying, My daughter is impetuous, for hardly was she born when she hastened to suckle. I was fleet of foot like a deer, and my father Jacob appointed me to be his messenger, and in his blessing he called me a hind let loose. As the potter knows the vessel he fashions, how much it is to hold, and uses clay accordingly, so the Lord makes the body in conformity with the soul, and, to agree with the capacity of the body, he plans the soul. The one corresponds to the other, to the third of a hairbreadth, for the whole of creation was made by weight, and measure, and rule. And as the potter knows the use of every vessel he fashions, so the Lord knows the body of his creature, unto what point it will be steadfast in the good, and at what point it will fall into evil ways. Now then, my children, let your conduct be well ordered, unto good in the fear of God. Do not that is ill-regulated or untimely, for though ye tell your heart to hear, yet it cannot, and as little as ye can do deeds of light while you abide in darkness. Furthermore, Naphtali said to his children, I give you no command concerning my silver or my gold or any other possession that I bequeath to you. And what I command to you is not a hard matter, which you cannot do, but I speak unto you concerning an easy thing, which you can execute. Then his sons answered and said, Speak, father, for we are listening to thy words. Naphtali continued, I give you no commandment except regarding the fear of God, that you should serve him and follow after him. Then the sons of Naphtali asked, Wherefore does he require our service? And he replied, saying, He needs no creature, but all creatures need him. Nevertheless he hath not created the world for naught, but that men should fear him, and none should do unto his neighbor what he would not have others do unto him. His sons asked again, Father, hast thou observed that we strayed from the ways of the Lord to the right or to the left? Naphtali replied, God is witness, and so am I witness for you, that it is as you say. But I fear regarding future times, that you may depart from the ways of the Lord, and follow after the idols of the stranger, and walk in the statutes of the heathen peoples, and join yourselves unto the sons of Joseph, instead of the sons of Levi and Judah. The sons of Naphtali spoke, What reason hast thou for commanding this thing unto us? Naphtali, because I know that the sons of Joseph will one day turn recreant to the Lord, the God of their fathers, and it is they that will lead the sons of Israel into sin, and cause them to be driven away from their inheritance, their beautiful land, a land that is not ours, even as it was Joseph that brought the Egyptian bondage down upon us. I will tell ye, my children, the vision that I had while I was yet a shepherd of flocks. I saw my brethren pasturing the herds with me, and our father approached, and said, Up, my sons, each one take what he can in my presence. We answered, and said to him, What shall we take? We see nothing but the sun, the moon, and the stars. Then our father said, These shall ye take. Levi, hearing this, snatched up an ox-goad, sprang up to the sun, sat upon him, and rode. Judah did likewise. He jumped up to the moon, and rode upon her. And the other nine tribes did the same, each rode upon his star or his planet in the heavens. Joseph remained behind alone on the earth, and our father Jacob said unto him, My son, why hast thou not done like thy brethren? 
Joseph answered, What right have men born of women to be in the heavens, seeing that in the end they must stay on earth? While Joseph was speaking thus, a tall steer appeared before him. He had great pinions like the wings of the stork, and his horns were as long as those of the reem. Jacob urged his son, Up, Joseph, mount the steer. Joseph did as his father bade him, and Jacob went his way. For the space of two hours Joseph displayed himself upon the steer, sometimes galloping, sometimes flying, until he reached Judah. Then Joseph unfolded the standard in his hand, and began to rain blows down upon Judah with it, and when his brother demanded the reason for this treatment, he said, "'Because thou hast twelve rods in thine hand, and I have but one. Give thine to me, and peace shall prevail between us.' But Judah refused to do his bidding, and Joseph beat him until he dropped ten rods, and only two remained in his clutch. Joseph now invited his brethren to abandon Judah and follow after him. They all did this, except Benjamin, who stayed true to Judah. Levi was grieved over the desertion of Judah, and he descended from the sun. Toward the end of the day a storm broke out, and it scattered the brethren, so that no two were together. When I give an account of my vision to my father Jacob, he said, It is but a dream, it can neither help nor harm. A short while thereafter another vision was revealed to me. I saw all of us together with our father at the shores of the sea, and a ship appeared in the midst of the sea, and it had neither sailors nor other crew. Our father spake, Do you see what I see? And when we answered that we did, he commanded us to follow him. He took off his clothes, and sprang into the sea, and we sprang after him. Levi and Judah were the first to scale the side of the ship. Our father cried after them, See what is written upon the mast, for there is no ship that does not bear the name of the owner upon the mast. Levi and Judah scrutinized the writing, and what they read was this, This ship and all the treasures therein belong to the son of Barakel. Jacob thanked God for having blessed him, not only on land, but also upon the sea. And he said to us, Stretch forth your hands, and whatsoever each one seizes shall be his. Levi caught hold of the big mask, Judah of the second mask, next to Levi's, and the other brethren, with the exception of Joseph, took the oars, and Jacob himself seized the two rudders, wherewith to guide the ship. He bade Joseph take an oar too, but he refused to do his father's bidding, and Jacob gave him one of the rudders. After our father had instructed us each one in what we had to do, he disappeared, whereupon Joseph took possession of the second rudder too. All went smoothly for a time, as long as Judah and Joseph acted together in harmony with each other, and Judah kept Joseph informed in what direction to steer. But a quarrel broke out between them, and Joseph did not guide the vessel in the way his father had commanded him, and Judah attempted to direct him, and the vessel was wrecked upon a rock. Levi and Judah descended from the masts, and likewise the other brethren left the ship and escaped to the shore. At this moment Jacob appeared, and he found us scattered in all directions, and we reported to him how Joseph had caused the vessel to run aground, because he had refused, out of jealousy of Judah and Levi, to steer it according to their instructions. Then Jacob asked us to show him the spot where we had lost the ship, of which only the masts were visible above the water. He emitted a whistle summoning us all, and he swam out into the water, and raised the vessel as before. Turning to Joseph, he spake thus, my son, never do that again. Never permit jealousy of thy brethren to master thee. Nearly it happened that all thy brethren perished because of thee. When I told my father what I had seen in this vision, he clapped his hands, and tears flowed from his eyes, and he said, My son, for that vision was doubled unto thee twice, I am dismayed, and I shudder for my son Joseph. 
I loved him more than all of you, but by reason of his perverseness you will be carried away into captivity, and scattered among the nations. Thy first and thy second vision had the same meaning. The vision is one. Therefore, my sons, I command you not to join yourselves unto the sons of Joseph, but ye shall join yourselves unto the sons of Levi and Judah. I tell you, too, that my inheritance shall be the best of Palestine, the middle of the earth. You will eat, and the delectable gifts of my portion will satisfy you. But I warn you not to kick in your prosperity, and not to become perverse, resisting the commands of God, who satisfies you with the best of his hand, and not to forget your God, whom your father Abraham chose when the families of the earth were divided in the days of Peleg. The Lord descended with seventy angels, at their head Michael, and he commanded them to teach the seventy languages unto the seventy families of Noah. The angels did according to the behest of God, and the holy Hebrew language remained only in the house of Shem and Eber, and in the house of their descendant Abraham. On this day of teaching languages, Michael came to teach each nation separately, and told it the message with which God had charged him, saying, I know the rebellion and the confusion ye have enacted against God. Now make choice of him whom you will serve, and whom will you have as your mediator in heaven. Then spake Nimrod the wicked, In my eyes there is none greater than he that taught me the language of Cush. The other nations also answered in words like these, each one designated its angel. But Abraham said, I choose none other than him that spake, and the world was. In him I will have faith, and my seed for ever and ever. Thenceforth God put every nation in the care of its angel, but Abraham and his seed he kept for himself. Therefore I adjure you not to go astray and serve other gods besides him whom our fathers made choice of. You can perceive somewhat of his power in the creation of man. From head to foot is man wonderfully made. With his ears he hears, with his eyes he sees, with his brain he comprehends, with his nose he smells, with the tubes of his throat he utters sounds, with his gullet he swallows food, with his tongue he articulates, with his mouth he forms words, with his hands he does his work, with his heart he mediates, with his spleen he laughs, with his liver he waxes angry, with his stomach he crushes his food, with his feet he walks, with his lungs he breathes, and with his kidneys he makes resolves, and none of his organs undergoes a change in function, each performs its own. Therefore it behooves a man to take to heart who it is that hath created him, and who hath developed him from foul-smelling drop in the womb of woman, who hath brought him to the light of the world, who hath given sight to his eyes, and who hath bestowed the power of motion upon his feet, who maketh him to stand upright, who hath infused the breath of life into him, and who hath imparted of his own pure spirit into him. Happy the man, therefore, that polluteth not the Holy Spirit of God within him by doing evil deeds, and well for him, if he returns it to his Creator as he received it. After Naphtali had charged his children thus, and with many other lessons like these, he enjoined them to carry his remains to Hebron, to be buried there near his father's. Then he ate and drank with rejoicing, covered his face, and died, and his sons did according to all that their father Naphtali had commanded them. End of chapter 2, part 3